Welcome back to Process Preparation and Performance. I'm Duke Key Simmons, and we have some St. Louis flavor for you tonight. Coach Chad Masters out of Vianney. Coach Simmons knows Coach Masters, and we are fortunate to have him. Coach Masters and I coached against each other. He probably doesn't even know that because no, I was a little dude yeah, on the sideline and, and didn't really matter. Uh, I wasn't one of, I, I'm still not a name in the coaching industry, so it's really okay. But I think you were probably thoroughly back. kicking our tail in right there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go past that. We'll skip that for, okay, a, for a, little, a little while. It, um, JR, new developments. Apparently, people have started to figure out that COVID is not dead. It's actually going up because yeah. people are going to bars. They're going every place. States are getting shut down. St. Louis is on like phase one still. I've heard th just this week, Washington University canceled fall sports. I've seen numerous Twitter posts that schools are shutting down activities. We're definitely going to talk to Coach Masters and how that's affecting him because he's down in that area. But on a side note, Tesla was some big news this week. Yeah. Tesla, the car company, Elon Musk. We're going to build the Cybertruck, of which I ordered one. I ordered Yes, one. you did. We're going to build a Cybertruck in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Now, I've been to Austin, and their motto is keep Austin weird, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> keep Austin weird. And it's pretty weird because you can get barbecue in one shop, and right next door there could be a dude doing, like, tattoos and yep. – clown stuff and playing music in the next one it's totally funky it's a really cool place loved it while i was there uh it's kind of one of those barbecue tours where you know it's good because you don't see a vegetable for like three days you're only <laughs> eating like brisket <laughs> and ribs and stuff it was it was really pretty good but you have a story about austin yeah that i think people really need to hear so you know be be discreet with your story Give us, give us the lowdown. You know, Austin. remember, I, hey, remember, I work at a Catholic school here in JR, so keep it clean, man. This won't be that bad. All right. So, Austin, I've got two brothers that live in Texas, so I'm down there when I can be. And you know, we took a bunch of kids down for a baseball camp, actually UT, several years ago uh, when I was coaching baseball, Jeff City with Coach Ash. And Austin is an interesting place. Just uh, Lance Armstrong's bike shops down there, which, you know, I still like him regardless of what he did. But there was there was somewhat of a pseudo-local celebrity down there. And if anybody's been to Austin listening to this and kind of hears this, you'd be like, yeah, I kind of know where you're going. But there was a guy down there, and he would sometimes do some interesting cross-dressing and some other stuff, and just a very well-known person down there and people would invite him to birthday parties and whatnot and there's actually a day down there named after him now and you'd see you'd see him walking around the streets uh occasionally and everybody be like oh yeah there goes there goes leslie and whatnot and it's like who's this and then you know you kind of learn the story they made a documentary on him and it it's kind of oh, cool wow. it's it's a little different uh a little different situation uh, for sure down there but yeah huge news with uh with tesla i got coach duke to join the electric car revolution here uh about three weeks <laughs> all ago in, so. all in two feet 
Jumped in. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, I got another piece Goofy of news actually uh, for for people. There is a guy that is reviving the Missouri Helmet Project that used to mm -hmm. be right. all there. on most sports and all this. And he's got a Twitter called at Helmet Missouri. Uh, he's letting us uh, post the files up temporarily so people can go to our website, breakdownsports.com, and uh, converse with him a little bit. And he's doing some excellent work on those helmets. I, I'm so glad that's coming back. And that was something that I really enjoyed looking at. And I know there's a lot of other people enjoyed it too. So good stuff. Yeah, awesome. that, that is really good. I've seen some of that coming across Twitter and I've seen some of the helmets and it's something to be proud of. I mean, we take a lot of time, energy, effort, thought. It's not just, hey, go out and wear this helmet and do whatever, right? There's, yeah. there's a lot to go in. And so whether you're rockers and you haven't changed in 50 mm -hmm. years, or whether you're so that still has class. I mean, yeah. it's like Penn State. They haven't changed their unis, right? right? Or you're trying to put a stake on something that's new and exciting. It, it's a good deal. You should check it out. Breakdownsports.com, Twitter, the Twitter handle JR mentioned, and we're going to go. Uh, but Coach Masters is here tonight. And if anybody has listened to this podcast, one thing, JR, I'm very proud of with this podcast, and this is no lie. This is not this is not me fluffing anything or anything. This is we have not shied away from talking about faith. Okay. Sure. We haven't. We've let anybody talk about what they want. And coach, I have to I have to ask a question mm -hmm. because it, it it means a lot to me. I'm Catholic myself. You know, I still I I'm gonna use a line from Brian Kula. I still throw interceptions as, you know, as a believer. I still do that. There's still times <laughs> that you're, you're shaking your fist at God and going, are you really oh, there? Yeah. What's going on? Oh, yeah. But coach started the program at Tolton mm -hmm. and then decided I'm going to continue on that path. Catholic school, private, private Catholic mm -hmm. school, you went there. So coach, it's your time before we get to the script that we sent you what does it mean to you to be coaching at a Catholic school, a faith-based school? Yeah, it, it means a lot to me. Um, you know, that's the, the I guess, the, the basic cliche answer there. I know that whenever, you know, I spent 12 years in public school teaching and coaching the first 12 years of my career. And, and uh, that's where, you know, I met JR and, and a lot of people. And, and, I, and, you know, I've got nothing but respect um, for people who teach in public schools. Um, I've done that. I'm, I'm a son and grandson of public school educators. So um, it, it's nothing against that at all. I, I just, at some point, um, I really kind of talk about it a lot when it comes to my faith in general. And I'm a person that's grown into my faith a lot. I, I wasn't uh, wasn't like you said, I was probably throwing a lot of interceptions and fumbling the ball quite a bit, you know, <laughs> like in, in, in my early years. And, uh, and that's something that's I still, you know, we yeah, work through a lot now, even at age 43, but, um, I'm definitely a work in progress, but I would say, you know, you know, towards, towards the back end of that 12 years, I really, really started to feel a strong calling and pull, um, towards, you know, my faith and, and, and the Catholic education model, um, you know, it had nothing to do with like, you know, wanting to, to, to build a, a power program or go out and get kids. It had nothing to do with that. It was really more about something internal in me that I felt was missing. 
And and I've always had the the, the term, you know, it's 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 not one I made up. Obviously, it's 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 through the years. Uh, a calling is when the gladness of your soul meets the needs of the world. Um, and I really felt that my move into into parochial education at the Catholic schools truly was a move that was bringing both a gladness in my soul, but also a way to connect my faith to other young people um, in a more open environment. You know, I was always involved in FCA and things and in the public schools, and I, and I loved that, and I loved that model there. Uh, but it just something in me was missing, and I just kept feeling that pull, that call, that tug um, to really jump into it. And, um, you know, I, I, I took some risks there. I mean, walk away from a little more financial stability um, that you might find in the public school system a little bit. But, um, you know, it just, it, it really started to begin, begin as I grew as a coach and as an educator and in my own faith, the, the, all the stars started to align. And I knew that's where I needed to be. Um, and just like we've got amazing coaches, educators that they're serving the communities in the public schools, I felt that maybe my, my role, my job and in education coaching was to was to fit in and, and provide that same quality into, into the, the Catholic school system. Um, and I'm a firm believer too that that you know I'm about the mission and the values of the school and meshing that with my program. Um, I was when I started at Tolton, that's what brought me there. Um, and then that's that's also what got me to Viani too was that desire to to really do that. And so I really, you know, it tried to incorporate a lot of faith. Uh, and allow my own faith journey into my coaching um, to let those young men know, especially that, you know, we don't have to be perfect. You know, we are all sinners. Um, you know, we are all works in progress, you know, and that's fine. If we had it all figured out, would we really need it? You know, um, right. you know, um, it's kind of people say, you know, hey, you know, you're a sinner. Why are you going to church? So, man, that's why I need church right there because <laughs> I am, you yeah. know. So, right. um, but it's just be able to provide that spiritual guidance in a way um that maybe I couldn't in other ways so it, it goes back like I said my soul is is invigorated by doing it this way um and I feel that that I'm doing his work in in, in this corner of the world um and that that's really what drew me to it so I you know it, it, it's it's strange it's, it's uh, when I start talking sometimes people look at you like you're a little crazy like you know like oh you're hearing voices and this and that but no it wasn't even that it was it was just something kept pulling me, something kept tugging me that way. And I, and, and I, you know, I tried to dip my toes in it here or there, you know, but I never really felt, you know, um, strongly about it early on in my career. But then as, as I just kept developing as a man, um, I just felt it was the best thing for me to do. So that might've been a long answer for a short, you know, question, but <laughs> that's really what brought me. And, and, and I, and I don't want to go back. And again, it has nothing to do with, with one model is better than the other. It's just, you know, it's just, it's, this is right for me and right for, for what I do um, and how I believe. Yeah. Um, because I mean, Hey, we're all in this together, public, private, you know, uh, religious schools, you know, we're all in just trying to make a difference in the lives of these young kids through a game of football. Um, and, and I think the more, more quality people we can get across the board in all those schools, uh, just the better for our society. And, you know, like I said, it's just like, like some people like chocolate ice cream, some people like vanilla ice cream. You know, I happen to like coaching the Catholic schools. So, um, and if you look at my teams, it ain't, ain't like I got, you know, like five stars running all over the place. So it's not, you know, <laughs> there's a little difference there. So, um, you know, I, I do believe we do things the right way, though. And Chad, you kind you of mentioned it. You know, you spent half your career coaching in the public mm -hmm. schools with yeah. Hickman and then with me at JC. And then you went to Tolton. Mm -hmm. 
and now you're on down to Viani. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of curious, what have mm -hmm. you been able to take from kind of each stop along the way? That's a great question. Actually, I, I, you know, interesting thing was my first year of coaching, I was student teaching and I coached for Greg Nesbitt at Hickman High School as a student teacher and a, and a volunteer assistant. Coach wide receivers there. Uh, Greg and I still laugh about that today. Of course, he's up at Truman State now as a head coach. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that's why I started, you know, got that experience. I didn't know nothing, you know, nothing there, you know. And, and I'm just trying to figure it all out. Um, but I ended up at Centralia High School as my first first coaching job. Uh, coach for Earl Bennett for a couple of years there before I came down to JC. Um, you know, and hold on, I gotta let this dog in. <laughs> oh, Sorry, yeah, that's all right. he's gonna be barking to keep the neighbors going. This is what happens when you do uh, <laughs> podcasts at home. Um, you know, so I started off at Centralia, and and what's funny is I think in those first two to three years, you know, at Centralia and Hickman. I kind of began to figure out what the coaching was, you know, from, um, you know, things like taking care of like laundry and equipment and, you know, stuff like that. Like, you, you know, you just think that getting that whistle and going out there on a field and coaching is coaching, but you start to realize there's a lot more to that. And I was really blessed with those first three years to be, you know, with some great mentors and Greg Nesbitt and Earl Bennett you know, both Hall of Fame football coaches in the state of Missouri. Um, and Earl really did a good job of taking me under his wing and trying to coach me to be a coach. Um, and so I started to learn those little kind of intricacies. And I probably still didn't know a ton, but he but he saw something in me. And he did a lot of mentorship on me. Um, and and that, was, that was the thing I, I took from that was, one, um, being able to look at your staff and, and, and look in there. And, and they may not be the ideal you know, coach or this or that, but trying to mentor them and build them and build them the same as you would a team. I learned that from Earl a lot. Um, and just, you know, obviously, you know, both him and Greg, both toughness, you know, and, and, and physicality and things like that. Um, then I ended up down there in Jeff City. You know, I came in when, when, when uh, Coach Cole resigned, retired. He's been in and out <laughs> since then, but, you know, uh, but when, whenever he kind of hung it up and, and Tony Grosso took over um, and I was blessed to be there. That was almost eight years, I think, something like yeah. that, to go through Tony and also and Ted LePage when he came in also. Um, and that was, you know, Jeff City, I, I say, you know, if I had to maybe go back and coach for a coach again, it might be Earl Bennett again. That guy was just that that good of a dude. You know, yeah. um, I loved coaching with him, and I it, I didn't appreciate it as much then because I was a young coach. And I was off to conquer the world. You're thinking gonna be the head coach. And this, you know, you know, you could do all these great things. So I don't think I wasn't where my feet were enough there. You know, I learned, I did good things, but. But when I look back on it, I get more out of it now than I maybe I should have let myself have more of it at that point. But, you know, with Jeff City, you know, it was it was an unbelievable experience and a hard experience in the same bout. And anyone who's coached at Jeff City High School knows what I'm talking about. You know, yeah. I mean, the kids, you know, um, and, and working at that time was starting to become kind of a high poverty district. So you got to deal with a lot of that. But um, but the kids were awesome. I mean, those kids yeah. would run through a wall for you most of the time. Um, and so that was unbelievable. It was really interesting to see the dynamic of the pressure situations on coaches, both with Tony and both with Ted, to see that kind of 
community pressure and mm-hmm. external pressure and how they handled that good and bad, you know, um, and how that affected me as a coach on those staffs, you know, and how it affected my role and what I could do. Um, so it started to give me a little bit different perspective. I really started to learn, you know, I think those years in particular were great years for me to learn how to be a fundamental football coach, you know, um, to really get in the nuts and bolts of how to teach blocking and tackling and the importance of that and running the football and doing all these things. Although people know me now would laugh if I just said running the football, but, you know, <laughs> um, you know, but, but to learn those nuances of, 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 like what is a total program, you know, strength and conditioning to, you know, uh, you know, community service. I mean, to, to really see that, that I think it was eight years there that I, that I spent there um, was super formative to me as far as what I would be like as a future head football coach. Um, you know, so I think that was, was, was a big thing for me to go through that and to also see how do you handle outside pressure? How do you handle people on the outside of you how, how much impact do they have on the program, you know, and how to manage that, how to, how to include them, but at the same time, maybe keep them uh, at arm's length, you know, um, you know, and, and really start to learn that. I also got to see guys coach their own kids during that time too, yeah. you know, which was kind of cool, you know, cause I, you know, uh, that, I'm sure we'll talk about that later on, but that I got to see kind of what to do with that. Um, so those eight years were, were really formative, I think, to me as just a coach of where I'm at right now. Um, and I wouldn't trade those for anything. And then I, then I spent, I went back to Columbia. I had a young child, my oldest son. Um, I was just spending too much time away. So I, I ended up taking a job there at, at Hickman for three. And, and, you know, love the guys I work with. Got a lot of great opportunity. Arnell Monroe was a great friend of mine through many years, you know. And this is when he was the defensive coordinator. Jason Wright was the head coach at the time great guys um and and again there it was interesting because you got to see things kind of from the other side of maybe you're one of those programs is just kind of in the mix like you're competitive mm-hmm. enough but you can't quite get up over that you know maybe dip below it a little bit but to kind of see sometimes if you don't have all the things super organized and your ducks in a row those those things became very glaring from where i when i came from for the eight years there jeff to uh, to those three, I had at Hickman to see, you know, um, you know where where were the holes I needed to fill if I was to run a program, and I think those three years were great for me too because it really gave me the idea that I'm ready to do this. You know, uh, that was my first. Uh, you know, you always had the idea that you're going to be a head coach at some point, but then you kind of, you know, y- y- you aren't quite sure when the right time is. You know, I took a couple. Uh, shots at it while I was at Jeff City never really came through for things and so then I basically kind of got you know when I was a Hickman I knew I was going to do it I can do this because I was always the kind of guy you know um, lead me or I will lead you know um, and I developed that over a period of time and so I knew at that time it was it was time for me to kind of go and, and do my own thing and, and 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 try you know throw myself into the fire so to say and really try to be a, be a head coach. And I was blessed with the opportunity to both mesh my desire to get into Catholic education with my desire to be a head football coach there at Tolton. And that's kind of, kind of where I jumped in there. Um, so, I mean, do you want me to talk about my Tolton experience, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, that, that's coming. That's coming yeah. because what, what I'm going to ask is going to be a segue to that. Mm-hmm. And it's this. 
I was at Tolton when you were there. We did some seven mm-hmm. on seven over mm-hmm. summer. I stood across from you on the sidelines. Uh, I watched a program that wasn't there, a school that wasn't there develop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for you, this is, I want you to take what you learned or tell us what you learned at all those other stops. And now you're somewhere where you show up and they don't have anything. They've got Mm -hmm. nothing. So it's not like JC where you roll out and they've got a sled for whatever you want. It's not like Kickman where they got a great room. It's, it's not like Viani. It's not like Centralia. You know, at Centralia, I don't think there's anybody at home on Friday night. I no. think they're over at the football stadium because yeah. I've played against them on a Saturday yeah. at 1 o'clock, and I was like, this is the entire town. There's nobody else left. I mean, the police the police department is over in the end zone, for heaven's mm-hmm. sake. okay? So you're there. The building gets built. It's your, it's your head coaching gig now. It's the stuff that you're getting called to, and I love that definition. It's a beautiful definition. I, I stole it. I'm writing it down. <laughs> Go ahead. It's not mine. <laughs> what, would, what, would you, what would you tell yourself now if you had a chance to go back and talk to that guy who took the Tolton job? Mm-hmm. You thought you knew this, but I wish you knew this. You know, I think if I could go back in time, look at that, I'd, I'd think two things. Take it slower and also, you know, appreciate the moment of where you're at. You know what I'm saying? Like, like to, to, to not, you know, everything was so fast. So, you know, like you hit the ground running and I got these, I had these big aspirations and these big, you know, dreams about what we we're going to do and this and that. And I remember that first practice when we had basically freshmen and a handful of sophomores, very limited playing experience. Man, we had to teach it, – it was literally I felt like I was going back in time to, like, a middle school football where we had to teach kids to put pads in pants, you know. Right. Um, and, you know, at times, especially early on, you know, did I push too fast too early? Did I not appreciate the little successes and moments that we had early on in the program? You know, and, and we built and we were going in a great trajectory. And, and, and I loved where we were going. Um, as a program, and but there was times that maybe I could have taken a step back and been a little bit more relaxed and been a little bit more patient and understand that maybe we can't go from point A to point D right now. We need to go B to C, you know, to D. Um, like because right. you know you get that right. competitive, like you said, first head coaching gig, man. You want to go prove yourself. You want to you want to like you know like I'm the guy, you know, like like not not that you you're an ego driven guy, but but you've been waiting for this as a young coach. And, and it was a different thing. I think if anyone has an opportunity, take the opportunity to build a program from scratch. It was an unbelievable, you know, opportunity and moment for me to go through that. Um, and it was very, very challenging, very rewarding too. Very challenging, but very rewarding. But you had to think of everything, you know? I mean, like you said, what do you do about sled? What do you do about equipment? You know, what's the design of uniforms or helmets right. or, you know, making sure you have all these things and, and you and you thought about that, but you didn't really like you said, I might have been more sued to step into a job that, you know, was already had a, had everything there, you know. Right. Because I wasn't right. really prepared, you know, maybe I was prepared to be a head coach, but I don't think you ever are that to actually go through that first job. <laughs> you know, are you ever prepared for that? But, you know, to go back again to, to just maybe take it a little slower and to be a little more patient. 
And I also think one of the things that I, you know, be real intentional about your culture of your program, especially in a program that has no culture to begin with. Um, right. You know, it's one thing to go and change culture. Um, but the reality is, if you have nothing, you've got to do everything. Like we had to be the leadership of the program initially until we could grow that leadership. And that was one of the things I thought that maybe, again, if I would have taken that slower, we could have been better about building that leadership earlier. Not, and we didn't do a bad job of it, but it's like, you know, we could have sat there and been a lot more intentional. And that's part of my growth process too. I'm still getting better at that. How do you intentionally grow leaders in your program and grow culture and character? I've been through a big transition that even this year. Um, that's, that's why I spent the entire offseason on guys. I didn't even touch scheme, really. I spent every moment I could on talking to people about culture and talking to people about, you know, how do you build that and make that a part of the fabric? Not just something you put on a poster somewhere, but how do you yeah. build that into your program? Um, so, you know, and I think going through that, like I said, we did good at that, but we were just scratching the surface, I thought. But it's those little things, like I said, and we could just slowed it down at times um, and just been a little more appreciative of where we were at and the little successes. I think that'd be the biggest thing too. I'm proud of what our staff did at, at, at Tolton. We really, I mean, it, most programs kind of languish, you know, for a while, you know, until they have some success. We probably hit our success level a little early, you know, um, you know, while we were there. Um, but then again, it, you know, it was just a lot of great kids and, and a lot of hard work by our coaching staff and support from the community. Um, you know, like I said, it, it, it was a tough thing to, to step away from, for sure. You know, um, but, you know, definitely the right thing for me at the time was, was to do that. But it was, I would say those would be the two big things I'd say we'd go back on. Slow it down. And I think that's even now I'm trying to take it apart. Slow it down. Be appreciative of the moments you're in, even especially now with the season coming up. And you kind of mentioned it was hard to step away from Tolton. And I was telling yeah. Coach Duke last night, because we talk all the time, and I said it – I was telling him a story about this guy that coaches soccer. And he's mm -hmm. he's kind of from South America. His name's uh, Marcelo Bielsa. And he mm -hmm. went to coach Leeds United and actually got them into the Premier League, this league, after 16 mm -hmm. years of being out of it. And what was interesting about it, as I said, when they come to interview him, he didn't really want to talk about his contract or whatever. And he actually mm -hmm. went over there without them, the leadership, knowing and pretty much just hung out in the town for a week and talked to people around mm -hmm. town, asked them what the town's like, wh why do they believe so hard and everything and leads and, and this, that, and the other. And my question to you would be, what really piqued your interest on the Viani job and, and, and why Viani? Because I remember when you got the job and I sent you a, a quick text and I said, hey, congratulations. And I said, I know you're busy. We'll talk later, you know, and, and you're like, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to get together and say, we'll have to talk at some point. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I just want you to know yeah. congratulations. But I'm curious, what, why Viani? What piqued it? Well, it was weird because I was never even looking. I mean, that's, that's a strange thing. And you always hear those stories about, you know, um, you know, get, getting jobs whenever you're not looking for them. I, I wasn't looking for this job. You know, I had every intention um, of going to Tolton. And, and, and not only did we start a program, but I was the first athletic director. We started yeah. an entire athletic program, a school. 
I mean, everything from scratch, you know, and, and again, I'm real proud of the work we did there as, as, as a coach, all the coaches in our coaching, pro, you know, our athletic program, um, you know, they did an amazing job while I was there. Um, but, you know, I, I really honestly thought I'd be there for my entire career. That was my, my, my goal. That was my belief. Um, you know, I really felt, because I felt that I was called to be there. And I was, you know, I, I really was to, to, to be that person to help start that program, start that school, start the athletic program. You know, all that was true. What I didn't anticipate is things changing, you know, in my life, my, my you know, personal life, my, my, my thought process and things. And it wasn't me changing that, you know, um, it was really, again, to, to get into the face side, you know, you know, we don't get determined what doors open for us. You know, God opens those doors for us. It's our job just to go through. And and I and I was going through a time, you know, I was I spent what was it? Was it eight years, I guess, 2011 to 2000, yeah, eight or nine years, yeah, something like that. You know, towards the end of that, I'd say the last year or two. I really felt that I needed to step away from, especially the administrative side of things. Hmm. I just, I, you know, I, I started to do kind of a reassessment of my life and my values and, and just who I wanted to be as a person. And, and things always came back to me is, is, you know, what, what gets me up in the morning, what drives me, what makes me excited. And I, you know, and, and, and I love my athletic director experience and there's, and, and I may go back to it someday in my life too. You know, I loved having that impact on and mentoring coaches impact on multiple kids across programs, but you know what, what didn't get me excited was checking on officials and checking on buses <laughs> and things like that. You know, like, like it just, it just wasn't, it wasn't there for me. My heart wasn't fully into that. And I had to do right by myself at that point. And I started really thinking, okay, what drives me? Man, I love coaching kids. I love football. I love coaching them, getting up every morning. And that's what gets me excited about things. And, and I really missed getting an opportunity to uh, teach in a classroom again, too. You know, I, I didn't realize I missed that that much until I started going through that. Like, so really what I was, I was missing was those relationships, you know, those relationships you build on a field, relationships you build um, you know, in a classroom where you're fully present there, you know, like it wasn't that I wasn't coaching well, or I wasn't having I, I had great relations with my kids. I still talk to, heck, I talk to kids from Jeff city still, yeah. you know, that I coached, you know, and I have a, I mean, and I was a bit, I'm a relationship co driven coach, but I felt like I was always having to think of something, go somewhere else. Like I had to leave practice, go to a booster club meeting or go supervise something. You know, I wasn't fully present. It's kind of like being that parent when you go home, and your kids they want to talk to you and you're, you're, you're checking things on your phone or answering emails. Like I, I started feeling about myself, like, what do I need to do, you know, to really get back to who I am and what I feel is my most biggest impact. And, and for me, it was getting back into a classroom and coaching. So that started that process. And again, I just assumed I was going to do it there. You know, like yeah. I go teach, you know, history or theology right. or right. go back and teach strength conditioning. I, I, you know, I had no big aspirations on, on, on what to do there. So then, then what happens is, and I was actually at the state championship games the year, that year, because I've always worked the state championship games yeah. for permission. And 
started hearing some rumblings about that this might that that there might be a change at Vianney, which was crazy to me because they were going to be in the state championship game that year. You know, I mean, they had a heck of a team, right. and I and you know, Paul Day is, is a good friend of mine. You know, he's been a mentor of me in, in the coaching world too. Um, and I did, you know, I never really broached a topic or anything like that. Well, he resigns, you know, um, a couple of weeks after the, after the season, after they won their state championship. And, you know, I get a phone call and it was from their athletic director who I knew Terry Cochran, who I knew through a lot of athletic director meetings. He and I were on the same wavelength right. about the value of, of, of sports as a mission part of the school. I mean, we were like kind of cut from the same cloth when it comes to mentality of using the sport to build better young men. And um, he just asked me, he says, hey, would you be interested in maybe applying for this job? And at first I was kind of like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, you know, because that was, that was never talked about ever. You know, I, I knew this guy for a long time and, you know, it wasn't like it was, you know, and I was like, well, you know, let me think about my wife's from St. Louis. Um, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, we, we talk, used to talk about a long, long time, especially when I was thinking about wanting to get into Catholic coaching, that let's go ahead and, you know, maybe go into St. Louis so I can get into Catholic school coaching. Well, things just never, sure. never worked out. And so we went ahead and made a decision, like, even though I really wasn't sold on it, I really wasn't thinking, like, I want to go, you know, make this change in my life because I'm, I'm a mid-Missouri guy. I'm, I mean, I'm here in St. Louis, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm a mid-mo dude, you know. Like, like people think I talk funny here. I, I – we, we, you know, they, literally some kid on the first day of school asked me if I lived on a farm. I said, are you serious, man? Like, really? Like, you know, like, because I came from there. I'm like, no, I mean, I didn't have the hard to say that, you know, that, that, that my dad's from a farming community. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't do that. Uh, right, you know? right. And, and we even got to, like, like Spirit Week, and there was Country Western Day, and everybody kept asking me if I had to use clothes I could borrow. I said, contrary to pop. Contrary to popular belief, Coach Masters is not country nor western, but you know, hey, it, it is what it is. Uh, nice. But you know, I'm a mid mode guy. I never saw myself doing anything different than what I was doing. You know, I had I had I had a Catholic school, a place I loved, everything else. So I went to the I, I went I went and applied. We're gonna give it a shot, a shot. And and I went there's four different interviews I had to go through. Wow. I just kept making the cut. <laughs> Man, wow. God, I was like, they go, who the heck's the other guys on the other side? Because right. it can't be me, you know? Um, and then we, then we kind of finally get to that last interview, which is about four hours long, actually. It was a long one. And I'm driving wow. home, and I was like, I was done. I was like, man, I, I'm good. I'm good where I'm at, you know, this or that. And, um, and I get the phone call. They actually called the next day, and they want to talk to my wife, and they talked to my wife about it. Hmm. Um, and the, so then I'm like, oh crap, I think something's happening. And then they gave me a call and offer the job. And then I had some real thinking to do, you know, I got offered a job, right. I had the job of my right. dreams already, you know, and I got offered this job and I'm like, what do I do? And it was tough guys. It was tough. I mean, really, really tough. Um, you know, what, what it came down to, and again, it's a God moment. I, you know, there's a song that I just, that, that, that speaks to me a lot and it's oceans. Um, have you ever heard that song? Um, but there's a famous line in there that part says, you called me out upon the waters where feet may fail, hmm. you know, and, and the idea is that, you know, God's there for us. And, and that song, and I'm trying to, you know, like you always hear people say, I pray and God told me this, man, I've always said, we're, right. does God talk to you? Cause I've never heard him say like, Chad, <laughs> do this, you know? So I'm like, trying to figure this out, you know? And, and I'm like, and so I'm praying, I'm driving my truck. I got my playlist, which is every, everything from like, you know, Lil Wayne to like Pink Floyd, to, you know, I mean, it's like a right. randomest playlist you ever have. And, um, 
And so I'm, I'm, so just, I just need some, I need guidance. I need something. I, you know, I don't know what to do, you know, because part of me is like, yes, let me do this. And the other part's like, no, you know, this is this, you know, Tolton's where I should be. That's where that's my home, you know, and that's why I've done so much to build that. And, and not just me, but everybody, you know, and just, I mean, to, to walk away from all that and, and oceans came on hmm. and I realized my biggest problem was my fear of that unknown. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's okay, you know, and, 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 and I, and I did good work for eight years there at Tolton and I helped that place grow and, 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 and develop. And maybe it was time for me at that point to say, you know what, someone else take this. Like, you know, like I, I handed off the baton to yeah. somebody else and maybe right. this place needs me, you know, and through the process, I was learning a lot of things that they needed and wanted. And that was me, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, the things I brought to the table. Um, and, and so it was, a, it was, a, it was super emotional and I, I ain't gonna lie, I cried, you know, I really did. Um, but again, it goes back to my wife. I talk a lot about it. Like, like we don't open the doors, you know? It's just our job to go through them when they're open for us. Um, and I hope this is my last spot. I really do. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I really do. You know, I love this place. And, and I just felt it when I was there that last day when I got to meet kids. Um, you know, they had an interview. I, I got interviewed by eight kids from not only football kids, but also other sports, you wow. know. Um, and that was when it started to become real. And to walk through a hallway and see faculty and kids, and I, and I felt home. You know, I really did feel like I was like I was coming to a new home. Um, and it had to be that wasn't been some, you know, frustrations or some, you know, some some good and bad moments. And, you know, um, but I felt like it was OK. And then there's people that were going to pick up the torch on the back end of that back at Tolton. And I said, you know, I think this is a, this is a big challenge for me, a big task for me. And, and, and you know, I want to do this. It's right. It was I mean, it's right for my family. It really was right for my family, you know, and, and it's, it's opened a door to a lot of things for them. Um, and it's, it's, it's been a true blessing. I mean, but that's kind of the long way around of that story, but there's so <laughs> many layers to it because how do you walk away from something, you know, that I, I poured every fiber of my body and soul into that job. Um, and then for it to come to a day when you're like, man, you know, maybe I, maybe I need to do something else, you know? Um, right. but I felt good about what we did. I, I felt good about those who would step in behind. Um, and I think it was time to, to, to really get back to what I needed to do for my own self. And that was to, I got back in a classroom, which I've absolutely loved that, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. teaching freshman leadership of American history. Um, I, 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 and I'm, and I'm, my attention solely focused on building this football program the way that I believe a football program should be built. Um, and, and, and I've been blessed with that opportunity and my life's gotten a lot simpler, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's been a true blessing in a lot of ways too. So. Yeah. Been there, done that. So I'm going to ask a question that is not on your script. Oh, that's fine. I apologize, but no, good. Um, in your opinion, mm -hmm. is it harder to build a program that has nothing or is it harder to improve and maintain a program that has everything and has just come down from the top that you can get in the state of Missouri? That's a great question. I think in some ways 
maybe your work is required more um, building something from scratch. Like I think, I think it takes a lot of energy, a lot of focus, a lot of details, a lot of work. However, you're allowed a lot more margin for error. And I think sometimes right. when you step into something um, like we did when, when they won the, when the state championship in 2018 to come back down in 2019 in my first year, I think that's a lot harder to manage expectation levels. Not, not, not so. And I've never felt that from our school community because they know what they want to be, you know, and who they are and, 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 and whether you win it all, they love that. And, and, and if you, but if you don't, you know, it's not like it's like, I'm going to be out on the street, you know, um, right. but your own expectation levels, you know, again, opportunity to step into a program of, at that level um, and the expectation levels and uh, of kids and community and, and families. Um, and sometimes those are unfounded expectations, you know, um, right. but I would say, I think they're different and I'll try to sit on the fence. I think they're different. I think, That's okay. I think building a program, you're allowed a lot more margin for error. You can experiment, you can, you can try things and, and there's not as much pressure for it to be right yeah. at all times. Um, right. And as coaches, I think we put the most pressure on ourselves. I know I did that for myself all fall. Yeah, I probably put more pressure on myself than I did, than others did, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, right. But, right. Uh, you know, I, I think I think that'd be my answer to that question. I think anytime that there's that kind of experience level um, as, a, as a school, as a community, you know, um, I think there's that kind of, the margin for error is smaller, you know? Sure. That's why you got, that's oh, why you got to make sure you got a solid admin and solid people <clears throat> around you um, that understand that you know, and they can, can provide a little top cover. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's fine because it's your experience. So there's no answer. The answer, (laughs) the answer is you, but you brought up the interview process and how it was staged, you know, four parts. It's kind of funny how there's four quarters in a football game. You got four parts of an interview. (laughs) Kind of of works out that way. Four gospels. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Um, So I want to know what was the toughest interview question you got. And and here's the reason I'm asking, because when I was in med school, Mm -hmm. they would have one centralized kind of residency interview place. So you would go to this one hotel, all the residencies are there. You would interview for something, right? And you, sometimes you'd walk in and there would be a pair of surgical gloves some uh, ultrasound gel and some suture there. And they would say, put the gloves on, put all the ultrasound gel all over your hands. And I want you to start tying hand sutures while we ask you questions. And I want to see how you can, how you can do both. Right. (laughs) So here's me. I'm like, no way. No, no, I'm, I'm not that kind of dude. So I worked (laughs) while I was in medical school to get, a residency offer. So I wouldn't have to go do that nonsense. Right. I was like, no, I'm skipping this process. Uh There's a, there's a better way to do this. Right. So you're there. Mm -hmm. What, what questions did you get that you were just like, are what, 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 really? That's a good question. And and I was weird is like, I felt most comfortable with the kids 
if that if that's strange like, like yeah I thought, absolutely yeah. at first i thought i was like what they gonna ask me like i was in, like kind of yeah. intimidated by walking into a room of eight kids and ties you know and then surrounded by administrators <laughs> you know i'm like what are we gonna do here i think that was you know but once i got in there and started talking i think i, I really I wasn't that, that wasn't there you know what was the toughest question you know and again it's it, it, my mind's been filled with so much stuff since the, yeah. you know um you know i think for me was and the answer is not that difficult you know when i when i think about it but i think the toughest questions was the idea of how do i build a program have a high level of like competitive success you know like to compete to be able to compete with teams but at the same time not devalue or what or um not support the mission and the values of the school you know that was a big thing and, and to have an answer for that you know now it's easy because it's just who i am you know like 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 I'm not gonna cut corners or do something that's gonna run against my own values or um, morals. But man, when you step into this arena here in in, in St. Louis, I mean, it is, it, it, it's a little cutthroat, you know? Yeah. And, and there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of intensity on things, um, you know, that you do if you don't have a good set of core values, a true North, um, you could easily move one way or the other. Um, and so I think that toughest question is for me to reflect on that and how can I verbalize, you know, um, to them how I would make sure that the mission, the values, the charism, the characteristics of that school are honored, not only honored, but infused into what we do mm -hmm. and to have concrete reasons or examples for that, you know, um, I think that was, that was a challenge, you know, I mean, obviously I think I did it. Okay. I mean, I'm, you know, they employed me, uh, I got, I, I, I signed a second contract. So I, I think they want to keep me around, you know, but, um, you know, I, I think that might've been the toughest thing. I mean, the kids were awesome. I really enjoyed the, the, the interview with the kids and that was the part I was worried about a little bit. Um, but, uh, I was actually kind of, you know, they could have asked me some cooler questions a little bit. They were so serious, you know, they had their little questions, they write their notes down. It, it was awesome. Uh, although one kid did ask me, he said, you know, about, oh, Tolton, is that where Michael Porter went? I said, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's where Michael Porter went. Yeah. 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 Yes, I know him, you know. <laughs> it's just kind of, you know, I get that a lot, you know, but, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of, you know, I would say that probably was it. Like, how do you, how do you push that envelope? but at the same time, stay true to, to, to a value, you know, and I think that's a great question for all coaches and all programs. You know, how do you, how do you do that? You know, um, and that's difficult at times. I mean, I struggle yeah. with it all the time too. So, yeah. You know, Chad, and speaking of kids, you had a couple big moments here in the not so distant past with your oldest son, which I remember you talking about him when he was about that tall yeah, and, a little man. Yeah, and it just seems like time flies sometimes. Mm -hmm. So here's a good one, and, and you know I think a lot of people have been through it. How are you dealing with him being at practice as a player instead of having that disconnect to where he might be the sounding board, but now he's there. So it's interesting because you know he's grown up in football, and I've always also been one of those guys that 
people would say, oh, you make your son play football. And I said, I'm not going to make my son play anything, you know. I want him to be active. I want him to be – I want him to do sports, you know, because I, I love sports, and I think it's good for kids to be involved in sports. Um, but if he ran cross country or played soccer or whatever, maybe so be it. The, the, the thing I didn't want him to do was play football because he felt he had to play football to have a relationship with me. I think that would have been the bigger tragedy in my life if that would have been the case. But, but he loved football. The funny thing is, JR, is, is, is I honestly don't even notice him practice. <laughs> I know that sounds – my wife asked me, well, how'd Jack do? I, I, I don't, don't really know. know. <laughs> like, I don't really know. Like, you know, he's a quarterback and he's a defensive back. Man, I, I, you know, I'm a line guy. You know, I'm, 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 I'm you know, I, you know, I'm right in there. So, I'm, I don't even interact with him a ton. Every once in a while, we kind of run across each other. He spends more of his time trying to avoid me. That's what he said the other day. Like, he doesn't want to be – like, he just tries to stay under the radar, like, moves to the side or something like that. So – uh, you know, I found myself coaching every once in a while, but I haven't noticed him as my son out there, you know, yet. So, I mean, I yeah. think there's a process that grows. Um, but, you know, he's a freshman, and, and he's at the freshman level, freshman JV level. And not that I don't deal with those kids, because I do. I really try to stay connected with our, our freshman or our varsity level guys. But it just it just hasn't quite connected yet. But he, he's had some great moments. I mean, he's been a ball boy, state championship game. Yeah. He's been a ball boy for all my teams. He was a ball boy last year, too. Went on Arkansas with us. Um, you know, he's grown up in it. He's seen a lot of things, um, you know, heard a lot of things. Um, you know, it, it's strange because, you know, there's there's moments I have to check myself now, too. Like, like, if, like him sitting in the coach's office would not be a big thing before. But now I'm like, right. you got to go to the weight room. I mean, you can't go to the locker room because we don't have locker rooms open right now. But, you know, we're about ready to talk about some kids. Coach, I said, you got to go out. You know, I don't want him – I don't want to put him in that spot, you know. And he's yeah. a pretty good kid, pretty mature kid in a lot of ways. Um, you know, the thing that I think is going to be tough for him eventually is, is, is what's said about me in the locker room, you know. And he's going to have to have that, that battle, um, you know, between, you know, you'd like to think that the kids always, you know, say nice things about you when you're not around, but hey, we all played too, you know, it just kind of depends on the situation, you know, you're always pissing someone off at times, you know, so, um, you know, so this could be a tough spot for him, I think, when he gets in there, um, as things start kind of heating up a little bit, but it's been really cool, like, I, I've had to kind of check times to think, like, it's kind of neat that he's actually on a field that I'm coaching, we do, we'd always do a thing every year when him and his, his brother, uh, growing up, we, every, myself and and him and then also now his younger brother Nate um pictures uh on picture day ah. and so now it's gonna be the first time this year where, where Jack will actually be in a uniform you know of a team that I'm coaching yeah. and I've never right. coached him and I've never coached him I haven't coached him in Little League Baseball or anything I have I have purposely kept myself out of that a lot of people said why don't you help us coach the team I said no my biggest thing is I want the four years of, of, of the, the time me coaching him is the four years we spend together in high school. And I want that to be, be our, our connection and yeah. our experience, the good, the bad, everything in between. Um, I want that to be our four years of experience. Um, so it's been pretty good. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't talk about it a lot at home. So it's not like we, you know, um, you know, like have a lot of, you know, chats about football or anything like that. Um, every once in a while we have a few things, but, but he kind of learns by osmosis a lot. So he knows a lot based <laughs> on just being around it a lot, I think. 
uh, and sure. hearing, hearing coaches talk and everything else. So, um, you know, it's been awesome so far. But, again, we're just in the very tip of the very beginning <laughs> of everything. So, uh, I'm notoriously hard on quarterbacks. Um, I coach offense like an offensive lineman in a lot of ways. So, um, you know, you know, toughness is a big deal to me. And, and uh, you know, so quarterbacks have been known to butt heads through the years. Um, you know, one of my favorite <laughs> quarterbacks, the kid I coached the last year at Tolton, Robert Hunter. Um, he's playing out of Central Missouri. And, and, you know, that kid, man, he and I would have some bouts, like even in games, you know, just like, but that's who he was. He's a competitive gunslinger, you know. He just, he's one of those kids who say, you know, he's throwing a triple coverage because he said, Coach, I can make that throw. I'm like, really, dude? Uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> and the sad thing was, half the time he could. He could do it, so yeah. I can't, uh, yeah, nice. so I can't, I can't nice. hate on that. But, you yeah. know, it's just right. – um, so it'll be interesting to see, like, if he ever climbs that ladder, um, you know, as he gets through the years and gets older, if, if he's ever in that situation, that dynamic will change a lot as he becomes like, a you know, a junior to a yeah. senior level player. Yeah. You know, that's going to be – that's going to be an interesting, a lot different. But right now, I can just kind of step back and not, you know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm coaching linemen, I'm coaching, you know, things like that. So we don't cross paths a ton. But uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's when I just take a step back, I guess we kind of said earlier, if I can just slow down, take a step back and just appreciate, not a lot of people have an opportunity, you know, um, nope. to do this. Um, I used to be it's a guy a that said, I don't, yeah, I used to be a guy to say, I don't ever want to coach my son. <laughs> but then I started thinking about it. Um, if I'm the coach I want to be, why would I want my son to play for me? Yep, you know, right. and and there's I know this. You guys know a lot of coaches out there. You know, not knocking guys, but I know I know I know a lot of coaches. I don't know if I'd want my son to play in that program. You know, um, right. and I know in our program we try to do things right. Um, and so why would I not want my own son to be have that yeah. have that same experience? So I, I changed that over the years. You know, um, how I felt about that, but he's getting that out that opportunity out too so it'll be kind of uh we do a really cool ceremony with with father or son in senior year so i'll probably be a blubbering mess whenever we do that you know <laughs> uh, we do it in our chapel it's it's an awesome jersey exchange thing with the son and, and the dad reads a letter to him and you know it gets pretty emotional and i'm just saying again cool i'm gonna have to do that in about four years man I, i'm gonna be a mess it'll be here like that my, I have to, yeah, I know. That's the sad part. I have to finish letters for dads as it is. Who's going to finish a letter for me now? I'm like, you know, let's go do that. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a softie like that, though. So, it is what it is. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Most of us are. Yeah. Most of us are. So, I, I want to know, you've been all over, Coach. You are an offensive guy. You, you've already talked about you do stuff with the O-line, which is a perfect segue for me mm-hmm. because – JR and I believe that there's only three ways to run the football inside the tackles, outside the tackles or option, which is both inside and outside. I want to know if you say, yes, that's correct. And breakdown sports, AKA coach Duke and coach Simmons are correct. And all those other yahoos out there are wrong. Or do you side with the yahoos? That's what I want to know. (laughs) Well, here's my question. Do you count screen game as a run? We have had that question by uh, <laughs> Coach Keen from Washington yeah, when he said, Coach "Well, did ask. I, if, if I can, if I can fake the inside zone and throw it, do you will you count that as a long handoff?" And I said, 
sure, but is it inside the tackles or outside the tackles, or is it option? And he goes, then yes, it's option. So, yes, we do count that. But a straight screen. I don't even fake it. I just freaking chuck it. <laughs> well, then that's a pass. That's not a run. Yeah, no, it's behind the line of scrimmage. It's a run eh. extended. Eh. Regardless. Let's what, say you. Okay, right. well, you're, you're, you're going to have to think about it, Coach. You're going to have to think about it. I'm not going to count that vote, JR. I'm not going to count it because we're going to we're gonna have to go there. Um, I, 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 I know, have a, I have a Jay, bumper sticker, by the way. I have a bumper sticker that I keep on my bookshelf. I got from the University of Hawaii when June Jones was yeah. there. And this is when I started really kind of morphing my, my, my offensive thought process. And it says, June would throw. So when in doubt. <laughs> throw it. Throw the Put it out there. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. um, you know, I try to be a 60%, 40% pass run. I know that scares a lot of people, but it actually, if you look at it, of course, Coach Duke, you, you know, you've been around. I mean, we'll, we'll, I have no problem throwing it five yards down the field and get a completion. To me, that's a run. You know, um, I'll take yeah, that. Hey. You know, but usually I'm, hey. usually I have teams that are a lot smaller and a lot less athletic than most people. So I figure out ways to do it. But I would go with your premise. There is inside the tackles, there's outside of the tackles, and option football definitely is inside and outside. And yeah. I, I cut my teeth on option football, um, you know, uh, just, you know, for me, for where I'm at, been at the last, you know, from Tolton to Viani, you know, it's just what I do offensively works for our kids, um, you know, and I think, it, it, think, you know, that's just what I do. So, um, but definitely I think option football is, is, is a great way to have an offense too, so. Yeah, uh, I I don't disagree. Now I know Jr. has a story, <laughs> and before we get to that story, because I think it's probably going to be amazing. That's a good story. Um, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. I'm not ready to leave. You you uh, you have been it for about an hour now, Coach. And the premise of okay. the end of the show is it's time to tag somebody else. You never, okay. it's a big game of tag and you're, you're about to tag the next person. So let's explain most of the people who listen to the show knows how it works. You have to know this person. <laughs> you have to be able to get their contact information. It can't okay. be like, well, I'd like to talk to president Trump. Well, yeah. So what a, you know, 200 million other people, but if you, unless you know them, it ain't going to work. <laughs> so whoever you tag, if that person happens to be up on the list of our bucket list for JR and I, it's a secret list. We don't tell who anybody's on it. We are going to send money to your charity and his charity. Uh, for instance, we just had a gentleman on the other night. JR, I'm going to try and pronounce his last name correctly. All right. Well, Ian LaPerry. Ian LaPerry. Yep. Okay. Okay. Head coach or assistant coach for the Philadelphia Flyers. Am I right so far, oh, wow. JR? Yep. You're doing good. I'm still going. You've come a long way so in a week. <laughs> I've come I've come a long way in hockey in a week. Um, we had him on last week. We're we're sending money to his charity. They picked a, a phenomenal charity. So tag away, my friend. Dang. Who are you gonna tag? Oh. See, I just know high school coaches. Like that's I, fine. I'm kind of boring. I'm kind of boring, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so are we. <laughs> or something. I mean, you know, one of my yeah. good friends. I don't know if you've had him on here, but the guy is amazing. That's Curtis Jasper. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Down at Joplin yeah. High School. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, Joplin. Yeah. yeah. Curtis, Curtis, uh, you know, took Joplin to the state finals last year in class six. Yeah. Had to spit hey, on the talk, ropes. Let, let, yeah, let's you not know. talk about the, uh, the playoff game. That <laughs> the playoff game that well, you know, hey. It is what you it know, is. What's funny, I'm though, just... is, you know, I'm also friends with Judd Nager at, at Valley yeah. Catholic. And when, ah. when, when Curtis is at Westrand, uh, right. they face Valley in the state finals. Curtis's other uh, appearance in the state right. finals. And, and I would say Curtis Western team was a little bit more favored. Well, what's funny is they played earlier in the year. Well, then all of a sudden the game, the go-ahead touchdown by Valley was one of Curtis's plays oh, that no, Judd funny. liked and took. Because that's, that's what he'll do sometimes. And, and, <laughs> that's and, awesome. And Curtis is like, man, he took my own play. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. So, that's awesome. Curtis would be yeah, great Curtis on here. Yeah, it'd be great. He's a great guy. Yeah, I got his contact info for sure. Awesome. But, uh, All you right. Know, uh, you know, he's a big zone guy. He and I are on the same page, inside, outside zone, and and right. uh, throw the ball a little bit. So um, he would yeah. he would definitely fall with the, the Joplin stuff, the option football of the, uh, uh, you know, zone to screen. You know, that was a that was definitely a, they made a lot of money right. off of last year. Um, yeah. I think their quarterback yeah. had like a. 70 some percent completion right okay, are we still are we yeah. still talking about this he, he had a yeah. dude who could catch i remember I that kidding. guy <laughs> yeah he had like three of, yeah like three I of remember them remember that guy yeah like three of them and, and a guy who could run it yeah, yeah and the guy who could run it yeah a couple yeah, decent yeah, I, players well hey listen jr now to be fair to to help us a little bit we did score we did well to start it off yeah we just couldn't keep up they were scoring like ninety-eight percent of their possessions. Yeah. Okay, I mean, they, we were not scoring ninety-eight. This will be a good conversation uh, if he comes on. It will be. This is going to be a good one. This is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be. So, good. We're getting okay, close. Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah, he's a good okay, guy. Our story he's, he's time. Awesome. So all right, he, yeah. Like, here's he, the story. Know, so I want to see if Chad remembers this because I still remember <laughs> this. And I still laugh about this occasionally. Oh, good award. We were down at Zumwalt West. Yeah. And we were playing them when it was the TJ Mo show, which <laughs> it, it was a show. Mm-hmm. And Coach Thomas, who was running our defense at the time, couldn't find a dry erase marker. <laughs> and I'm on top of the box with – Coach Briggs and I remember vividly. (laughs) And you know, I was just doing. I was on the computer at that time, which that was a whole other deal. With what was that? Whatever that program was, game day. I was about ready to throw that thing on top of the press box. It was awful. (laughs) And I, I hear everybody talking about we need to get a dry erase marker. And poor Chad got tasked with trying to find a dry erase marker. You must have checked every door at that school trying to get into our locker room and it just became this entire saga of he's at this door and then we just kept looking now he's down here now he's down here now he's down here (laughs) and we it's funny because over the years occasionally that will come up and those of us that were there still laugh about it because like hey you got a dry erase marker it it's just you had to be there but i figured you'd enjoy that story yeah, that definitely was a, you know, and if anyone knows Mark Thomas, you know, uh, <laughs> Mark, Mark is not a man to mince words either. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we were in a game and I remember vividly because we had that, 
I'm gonna blame I'm gonna blame Shannon Jolly because I think he left the thing <laughs> locked in the locker room, you know. And uh-huh. and but I all of a sudden Barry Blake turns to me and says, yep. "You got to find a dry erase marker, whatever you can do." And I was that like, "That was great." Uh, and so yeah, I checked everything on the side. I couldn't find. I kept. I knew it was one in the locker room, and then we couldn't find that. I couldn't find an administrator to in. And finally, the <laughs> I, I knew I had to do it. I went up into the press box and asked Mark Thomas for yep. a dry erase marker in the middle of the game. It was great. <laughs> he just handed it to me and gave me this steely-eyed look. <laughs> What's funny was we tried to do without a dry erase marker at first. We were trying to move kids on the bench, like uh, to like a live, okay. like like a live chess game at first, and he's he's just yelling <laughs> at us. And so the, the, the funny uh, thing about it was obviously Mark was not overly happy at that moment, <laughs> but then we wound up winning the district championship yeah. that year. Yeah. And he had a little get together at his little, like his condo or his house or whatever. And he gave us all gifts and he gave me a pack <laughs> of expo <laughs> markers. And a dry- <laughs> it was, it was hilarious. We had a great laugh about that one, but, and, uh, nice. and like, so we bring it up to him now and he just kind of, he just starts kind of, you know, yeah. starts chuckling about Mark's it. Mark's yeah, fantastic. He's he's got a very yeah. dry sense of humor that once yeah. once you get used to that it, was, it's that okay. Was, that was, that that was, was a good time. story right there. I that figured was, you'd remember that one. Nice. I still think of that occasionally. So, still think. I also of that. remember one of the nice. ones from Jeff C when we were we played Webster Groves and they had Daryl Jackson and yeah. Playboy guys. And we had that barn burn of a game up there. And I remember being on the headset. And you guys have been this before. And everybody's like, everybody's got ideas all the time during a game, right? Like, oh, run this right, or right. Yeah. do this, you know? Right. Well, man, they get the ball and they're driving. Like, you know, Daryl Jackson would have been a, a star at, you yeah. know, at the college level. He got himself some trouble. But um, I just remember, like, so everybody's got these suggestions all the way. And, and Drew Danner was the defensive Oh, yeah, Drew. And, and Drew, Drew gets he, he's throwing everything out, but the you know the the wood she trying to figure anything out to stop this offense. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, Drew gets in, thinking about midfield, and Drew has his voice, and it cracks, and he goes, <laughs> "Hey guys, anyone got any ideas?" <laughs> Crickets, <laughs> couldn't hear it. Oh man. They ended up scoring, and they needed to kick an onside kick for a chance to win the game. And yeah. Ross Steiner, Ross Steiner took it to the end one zone. Bounce, took it to the end zone. Yeah, that yep. was – I don't know how – that was one of those ones you leave the game, you're drenched in sweat. You're just like, how yeah, do we get out right. of that game right there? Right, so, right, uh, right. Those are some good ones. Those are good days there, man. It's been a lot been of – some stories around here. That's, uh, that's for darn Something that sure. we don't need to talk about either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's funny yeah. is over here. There you go. I got one. So, ah, dude. <laughs> you know what's funny? Since that day, I'm never without a pen or a dry erase <laughs> marker. Like it is like yeah. ingrained in my head now that yeah, I have that yeah. Expo dry erase marker with me in my bag or my pocket. Man, I don't mess around. I, I think I got some PTSD <laughs> from that night. Right there. That was a good so, night. Yeah, that was a it was fun a great time. win for uh, us that night too. I but, still remember uh, Frank Bryant caught TJ Moe in midair on the goal line and carried him mm-hmm. backwards and that won the game. It was 56 to 55. I will never forget it. It was, it was crazy, crazy the game. The heck of a game. That's crazy. Yeah, heck of a game. 
Oh, man, JR, this has been a good time. I've enjoyed it. Coach Masters, great stuff, man. Great right. stuff. I hope I didn't dishonor your podcast. <laughs> oh, please, please. <laughs> Listen, we've had naked guys walking down the highway stories. <laughs> We've had superintendents who were rodeo clowns. We, okay. Taking a hearse dude, through McDonald's. Dude. We've had some a good ones, A hearse through McDonald's, an embalmer. You cannot. Awesome. No, 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 no. This, okay. is, uh, this has been awesome, and I could see why Vianney said, Coach Masters, we, we not only want you, but we want your family. Class act them, calling your wife and talking to her. They, yeah. they, perfect, perfect fit down there. Their Perfect administration, sense. I cannot say anything negative about. I mean, they're they're unbelievable people who know what's important, um, and 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 care a lot about that place. And it, it's it's a special place. Like I, I didn't realize it until I really got into it. How how amazing it was going to be. Um, and again, that's not a knock on anything else. It's just you know, it just has something to it that's special. You know, um, yep. and yep. it's been a great. I mean, a weird last year. <laughs> so <Yeah. I> mean, <laughs> if you want to think about it that way. Um, but we're having to get a lot creative with a lot of things right now. Um, but, but nonetheless, it's just, it's, it's been awesome. You know, so I've, yeah. I've been, I was, I was blessed with this. So left a great place, but landed at an even better one in my mind. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for your dedication to the young men of, you know, St. Louis and even Columbia and Tolton. And uh, thank you for your faith. We appreciate it. I appreciate for, it. Uh, for having me. Absolutely. For J.R. Simmons, I'm Coach Duke. That's Coach Masters. This has been Breakdown Sports Process, Preparation and Performance. We're out.